My sermon topic today is God and your money. I'm reading from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Powerful forces press relentlessly against man's willpower. Love, hate, Sex, money are constant sources of temptation. In fact, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is a dominating factor in broken marriages. I know, I counsel many couples. Money breaks up friendships, business relationships, and even sometimes spreads a wall of, of hate among church people and breaks up churches. The love of money is behind robberies, violence, and murder, many crimes. Well, neighbor, you can't take it with you. You need to understand that. A dying man figured out a way that he thought he could take his money with him. And so he called three friends, a doctor, a preacher, and a lawyer. He gave each one of them an envelope with $10,000 each in it and asked them to drop it in his casket at his funeral. Now the preacher used $2,000 on organ repair and then put the rest in the envelope and dropped it in the casket at the funeral. The doctor spent $5,000 on a new clinic, put the other $5,000 in the envelope and dropped it in the casket at the funeral. The lawyer kept his envelope picked up the other two, and left a $30,000 check, proving, indeed, you can't take it with you. We do well to remember that the tithe is the Lord's. It belongs to Him. God's Word says the tithe is the Lord's. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, saith the Lord. Remember that God also says God loveth a cheerful giver. It further, God's word further says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Now these are passages of scripture that can really help you and do you good. The widow's might is recorded for us in the book of Matthew chapter 12 verses 41 and 42. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. Jesus positioned himself in the temple so that he could observe the people bringing the tithes and the offerings to the treasury. I believe he always knows. He is always looking on, interested in what people drop in the offering plate. The rich men cast in very much, to their credit, cast in much. No indication that Jesus condemned them for their offering. There were 13 trumpet vessels shaped uh, receptacles and vessels there to collect the money. The endless procession brought a variety of people anxious to fulfill all the provision of the law in the Old Testament. Jesus saw that the widow woman cast in two mites. She came rather timidly. She was poor and she gave all that she had. She gave it all up everything. Nothing was withheld. Now consider her situation. Number one, she was a widow woman. That was not 
a desirable state to be in in those times of, of great stress. Her husband was dead. We do not know whether or not she had children to care for. We simply know that she was a widow. Secondly, we know that this woman was poor. She did not have much of this world's goods. Two mites equals one-fifth of one cent in our economy. It indeed was literally all of her living. Next, we notice that she did not expect any recognition whatsoever. She came possibly with her head bowed, inconspicuously, not wanting to be seen. Hers was a mission of devotion, out of love. It wouldn't really make a lot of difference what she put in that offering plate that day. It wouldn't pay anybody's salary. It wouldn't take care of the needs of the temple or the treasury. But she came out of devotion. She came with love and dedication. Jesus observes our offerings, whether they be little or whether they be much. He said in verse 41, listen, this is what he said. Behold, how the people cast money into the treasury. It's in the book. Behold, look on, observe, see how people put money in the church offerings. God knows what kind of giver we are. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, the scripture says, God loveth a cheerful giver. Now, it simply means that he examines our attitude. He looks inside of our heart. We know that God loves everybody. He loves the stingy people. That's right, he loves you today. He really does like you. He loves you, neighbor, even though you give very little to the work of God. God loves even stingy people. So what is meant then? God loveth a cheerful giver. It means that God enjoys the attitude with which people give their generous offerings to the work of the Lord, whether it be from a poor resource or a rich resource. He loveth a cheerful giver. He loves our cheerful attitude and the desire of our heart and the devotion and dedication of our heart to the things of God. I believe the opposite is true. I believe God despises the attitude of stinginess and those who would withhold and hold back from God. Now, neighbor, tithing is a New Testament principle. Now, don't turn me off. Please don't. Hear me out. I'm not going to ask you for any money. I do not want you to send money to this preacher. I do not ask our television audience or our radio audience to send any money for the support of this ministry. Our church and people who feel led to give to this cause support it. And so, you know, God takes care of it. I have no worries about it whatsoever. So I am not asking you for a dime. Not one red cent, so don't turn me off. Listen, hear me out. The Bible clearly teaches us that tithing is a New Testament principle. In Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23, our Lord Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done, and not to have left, the, leave the other undone. Now, neighbor, Jesus said you ought to do both. You ought to tithe, and you ought to also have mercy and judgment and faith. So have all of it. Don't omit one side or the other. It's not an either or, but it's both and. Jesus indeed must have been a tither. I believe that Jesus tithed because he said, Render to God the things which are God's and to Caesar the things which are Caesar's. Now, would Jesus be a hypocrite? 
Would he tell those people something out of one side of his mouth and speak something out of the other side of his mouth? Would he tell them something one way and then do himself another way? Render to God the things which are God's. What did he mean by that? The Bible clearly tells us that the tithe is the Lord's. The tithe is the Lord's. Now you can argue with that. You can quibble about it if you want to. God said it belongs to him. And so render to God the things which are God's. It is not yours to support your mother-in-law with. It is not yours to give to some benevolence fund down the street or on the street corner. No, indeed, it belongs to God. Bring it to the storehouse of the Lord. If Jesus had not tithed, they would have accused him of breaking the law. For tithing was part of the Old Testament law. It still is part of God's law and God's economy. I must remind you that tithing was instituted before Moses ever gave the ceremonial law. Abraham paid tithes long before Moses was ever born, before he ever received the law of tithing. And so Christ receives our tithe as we're told in Hebrews chapter 7 verses 5 through 8. Verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people, according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them, received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises." And without contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men die that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. That clearly proves that God accepts the tithing from men. In Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 11, the Bible says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and in offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Then he gives a command and a challenge. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Neighbor, God promises that if you bring the tithe to the storehouse, then he will open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. He will rebuke the devourer, and he will cause the vine not to cast her fruit before the season. It's easy for people to get into a situation where they cannot afford to tithe. But if indeed, neighbor, you realize you can't afford not to tithe. Because when you don't tithe, you're going to get in deeper trouble. Here's a little parable. If your nose is to the grindstone rough, and you hold it there long enough, in time you will say, there's no such things as brooks that babble and birds that sing. These three with, will all your world compose. Just you, the grindstone, and your sore nose. That's the way it'll be, friends. When you refuse to tithe, you, you'll just be grinding with a sore nose, constantly, just barely existing. Some people find it easier to tithe on a small amount of money than to do a large amount of money. Back during the Depression days, people could tithe on a $5 a week salary, a $10 a week salary. I remember when my dad got raised from $10 to $12 and then to $18 a week just before World War II. 
And, and he had six children to support. Well, it was easy. My dad tithed. He was a faithful tither. But now then, people are bringing in $500 a week, $1,000 a week. Some bring in astronomical sums of money each week. And it's hard for them to write out the tithe check, 10% of $5,000, 10% of $1,000. Very difficult. But if God whittles you down to $100 a week, you'll, be, you'll find it easier to give $10 to the Lord. If he cuts your salary... Now, in fact, it's income tax time almost, and people are going to lie on their income tax return about how much they gave the church. If people would just give what they tell Uncle Sam that they gave to the church, there wouldn't be many financial problems in the churches of our land today. I'm telling you, friends, it's time that you sit down, be honest with yourself. You owe God one-tenth of all you make. There's a philosophy of greed. Get all you can, can all you get. Sit on the lid and poison the rest. People live by that psychology. Or they're like the rich man who wrote a short will. Being of sound mind and body, I spent it all. And that, that we like to spend it all. Don't give God any of it. The Bible teaches us to honor the Lord with our substance. In Proverbs 3, verses 3 through 10, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. That's verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with the first fruits. That's God's part. It comes off the top. First, not last. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Tithing recognizes God as, as a provider and a protector. The first fruits of all thine increase, every source of income. Some people stash money away every week. They get a $500 check and they put a lot of it in savings and they say, this is for a rainy day. And they tithe on what they have left. You better tithe on it all because God knows what you make. He understands. Putting money into a bag with holes is outlined in Haggai chapter 1 and verse 6. May I read that for you? You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. He that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes in it. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Neighbor, you may be putting money into a bag with holes in it. It's leaking out as fast as you put it in. You'll never get ahead until you learn to tithe. Before I close this message, I want to remind you I am not appealing for your money. You don't need to send this preacher any money. God provides for this television ministry and for our radio ministry. God has people to take care of that. So you pay tithes where you go to church. You support the church where you expect the preacher to visit you in the hospital. Where you expect him to counsel with you when you're in trouble. Where you expect to get spiritual food when you go to the house of God to hear the sermon preached on Sunday. Brother, sister, God will bless you. Indeed, he will open the windows of heaven. I started tithing when I was just a child, and I have never stopped to this day. I've tithed on every dollar that I have ever made in my entire lifetime. It's a blessing, and it's not a chore. It's a wonderful privilege, friend. God bless you is my prayer.